So it may feel like, gosh, I'm doing all this work and we're talking the way you say we should do and we're laying the groundwork in our conversations and we're doing all this and it just feels like so hard. And we try to encourage them that the base that they're building, it's like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, that's so much easier. Yep. I mean, we would go through times when I we would not speak for days, yep. days. And he would have to draw things out of me. And, and then we would do stuff where it'd be like, okay, I need to talk to you, but I'm not in a good space right now. And now it's just like, hey, I'm noticing this. And it's just boom, 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 boom. There's still resistance. It's not a perfect relationship, but we navigate it so smoothly. And oh my gosh, that's why we're so passionate because it's like, you can do this. You're a high achiever. On paper and through the eyes of others, you've made it. Congratulations. But the truth is you feel unwanted, unworthy, and unlovable. You always have, but you hide it well. Welcome to the Trauma Hiders Podcast. I'm Karen Goldfinger Baker, and this is a podcast where high achievers like you finally reveal what keeps them up at night that no amount of money or recognition will fix. I'm also making it my business to speak with people who get you. Hell, I get you. I am you. So get your best hider's face on, sit down, and let your guard down. What's on the other side of this shit will change your life. There are so many ways people like us fuck ourselves over. But let's start with five ways. When you know them, maybe you'll finally stop doing them. Over on my website, you'll find a free download listing the five ways your fuckery is getting in the way of the next level of your success. Grab it now at KarenGoldfingerBaker.com. I met Vicki Dow through Instagram and we clicked immediately. Today, Vicki and her husband, Tom, join me in the Trauma Hiders Club. Listen in as we talk childhood sexual abuse and relationships, commitment, and the work of growth and healing. This conversation is full of partnership, alignment, and love. And it's all right here in the Trauma Hiders Club. I'm going to ask a question of Tom first. Oh boy. Okay. Tom, you are here. You are in the trauma hiders club. Here I am. Yeah. What are you hiding from Vicki in this moment? So I had, I was, I was hip to the idea that I might get a question of sorts. (laughs) Unfortunately, you tweaked it. Unfortunately, you tweaked it just (laughs) enough where it was. I was generalizing my answer to everybody, not just to Vicki. So we may have to a degree talked about this, but what I was reflecting on is, and you probably wouldn't know it by looking at me. I'm 60. I've got some tattoos. I'm in decent shape. I was a jock in high school, downstate in track three years. So I was, I was that kind of an individual. But as I was doing the numbers today from probably, and I can, I can remember back to when I was two and a half years old. So I will say, so probably from somewhere around age three to at least halfway through high school, I was a victim of bullying throughout my entire life. 
And it was interesting in reflecting on that today because I thought in different states, different ages of my life, different schools, but I was bullied. Yet I was not at the time, at least early, early on, I was not a bullier. I was, and I was trying to think, how did I draw, did I draw that to myself? What what caused that to happen from a, an innocent kid who plays at three years old to in, in high school where I, and, and the only thing that came to me was, I am a very happy-go-lucky soul. And things don't bother me. They roll off my back. Vicki will attest to that because sometimes it drives her nuts <laughs> that stuff just rolls off my back. And, and, and I don't let it take me down. So I could only think that maybe did, did I get bullied because I was just a happy kid and other kids had their stuff. And so they had to take it out on somebody. I don't know. But in any case, when I really started doing the math, I was bullied for that long a period of time. And I think it really, and Vicki would know this, it really messed with my self-esteem. And then having a very domineering father on top of it, dictatorship type guy, I was really, my self-image was really low, even though I was a top-notch athlete and, uh, you know, a state uh, competitor, uh, a national basketball champ for my Lutheran Church Association, you know, all those things you wouldn't necessarily, you know, in the Hollywood movies say, you know, that was, wow, you know, you you just wouldn't put it, you you wouldn't put it to that. But that's what kind of came to me. And and so I don't know that I've shared that much with Vicki about it. And, and how really how much it was. So maybe I, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But anyway, that's my answer. You get it anyhow. <laughs> wow. Why did that come out just now? Because I knew I had to, to answer a question that might be that. And so I started thinking about, because Vicki and I talk about so much. So, yeah. I don't, you know, there's no secrets there really, right? So, yeah. but what is something that John Q. Public might not know about me would be would be the bullying aspect of it because I just you don't look at me and think boy he must have been bullied a lot you know, not that there's a stereotype for that but for me it just is what his it, physical stance is strong yeah and when he speaks you listen yeah. and so you don't it doesn't that part of him yeah, doesn't just, come through yeah. and yeah. maybe all that's born out of that because now I yeah. now I feel I'm a, a much more confident person yeah and hopefully I am being it I'm 60 and I feel like I'm 30 and, and that's a, a good thing. I just had my birthday a couple of weeks ago. So I'm feeling great and young and looking at the new chapters in our life yeah. together. So, you know, I've, I, 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 I'm not the bullied kid anymore. So I've, I've, I've grown out of that. Take the damage and what are you going to do with it? You, you know, you're going to let it bury it or you're going to use it for fertilizer. So I guess I fertilized with it. Yeah, really nice. It's interesting, Tom. I have several clients, former clients, clients that were professional NFL players. Yeah. So many have stories of being bullied, especially because I went through the foster system or in gangs, you know, you name it. And they too, big people, great athletes, huge stance, and they were bullied. And those stories stayed with them. And I will say without, I don't think I'm revealing anything. Those stories stay with them today even having been very decorated, huge fan bases, those stories stick with them today. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen because of you and what you just did. Uh, I have a feeling, (laughs) I have a feeling this is going to be carried with me as fuel. And as also a reminder, because I can, I can think back in high school of 
being treating certain people poorly that I regret. And I don't want to consider myself a bully to certain people that I didn't treat well. However, they may think of me that way. Mm. And it, it would be verbal stuff. Mm-hmm. But part of me, I think, was doing that as a defense for myself because of what was going on for me. And it wasn't a lot that I know of, but I do carry that with me. And I, I, I the, re- guilt the guilt of okay. that and, and, and the regret because it's not who I want to be and it's not who I consider myself to be, but I had moments when I was. And so just being real and human about it, right? Yeah. And so I remember having a high school graduation it was probably my 30th and wondering if one of the guys who had come to my mind was going to be there and he wasn't because I would mm-hmm. I was going to go and apologize for it you know, and I remember doing that for somebody else at one point and them being like what are you talking about exactly but but for me it stuck so cool that you don't know what I'm talking about but I want you to know that it stuck with me and I want to make sure that I'm letting my heart out to you about that yeah. so that's yeah. where it is yeah yeah so that's thanks a- for bringing all that up good stuff yeah absolutely <laughs> I'm glad we had the Tom and Karen show. We can keep going on that. <laughs> we can keep going on that topic. It's interesting because I know this isn't the topic of this show. However, maybe it'll be a topic of another show. And that years, is years going forward. It's trauma. Yeah. And that is the guilt of behaviors in past relationships, like your own guilt in, in your own behavior of past relationships, knowing that, you know, you were a quote unquote piece of shit, if you want to call yourself that yeah, and feeling a sense of guilt and wanting to apologize. Um, it's a conversation that has, I've had several times over the past couple of weeks with clients and also with friends. And I think it's one worth having. So I think I might have it on this show. I think it's one worth having. So we don't have to have it here and now, but stay tuned people because it's going to happen. Nice. So, um, okay. Vicki. Yes. Pose this one to you. Okay. Well, now that I know you guys did some prep work, I should probably like, well, okay. I've listened up. to a, one of your podcasts. So I know right, what right, right. often the first question is, but yeah. go ahead. Okay. What's your favorite color? <laughs> Blue, green. Ooh, like blue, green algae. Okay, I'll ask you a different question. What are you hiding from me? My fear that I want to be strong and knowledgeable, Mm. but I'm afraid that I won't reach people. Cool. I love that. Thank you for saying that. You know what? My, okay, my invitation to you, to both of you, is to be whomever you are, whoever you are to show up in the way that you are, the way you look right now, the way you are in love, the way that you are to the world, that is how you will best connect to the people in the Trauma Hydras Club. And that's how you will best connect to the world. That's how you will best connect to the people who are like you and the people who will hear what you have to say. Anything else will be total bullshit. and everyone will smell it. Thank you. Got it. Yeah. Cool. That's something I have learned. We yeah. are so passionate about our message because right. we have learned so much and actually and the come biggest, through so and much. come through so All much. And the biggest right. comment we hear are from divorced survivors of past sexual abuse that say, I wish I would have met you before. Mm. 
that's where we hear this. So we're like, oh, let's get to the people before they get there. Right, right. So, so I think what's, what's so interesting about you. So I'm one of those people now, not divorced, but I'm one of those people who you may have heard it. I don't remember what show it was. I think I was talking to Giovanna Capoza and I may have been a show about love. And I was talking about my relationship with David and how my fear was that if I went into doing deep work and came out on the other side, that I might be a completely different person and a person he wouldn't recognize. And he, and I might be rocking in the corner and all of my relationships would change, let alone the relationship with my husband. But that was the one I was most afraid of. And had I known that there were people that worked with couples and I didn't even think about that. I thought I'm the damaged one. So I need to do the work. Right. Had I known that there were people that work with couples, well, geez, that would have been something. Um, so my first question to you is, is your work always with couples or do you also work with if let's say the husband has had past sexual trauma and only he wants to do the work. We, we focus on just the wife. Oh, just the wife. And support the, the wife has had past trauma and then the husband wants to support her. I do have a resource that I send people to where the husband was through the past trauma and he works with them. Okay. So um, you know how sometimes if you get real narrow, you get better. Yeah. And so we do have resources for people who it is the husband because it's a slightly different dynamic. I and see. so what we've chosen to do is to, and not that the husband, like, so Tom. Well, it's, it's cool because our, our niche that we've worked towards is working with the couple that's married on board together, wanting to figure this thing and get out of it, right? However, what happens during that process is there's times when he's just with me. Yeah. There's times when she's just with Vicky and beyond all that, there's a group of guys out there whose wives are going through this and they're struggling and they go online and they find this video that I did called um, three things. Every husband should know if your wife, if, is if, if his wife has sexually, been sexually abused and it's gotten, I don't know, six or 7,000 hits. Right. So I get reach outs from these guys every so often. And we're putting information out there for them to be able to look at, to see if, if perhaps he can do certain things and share certain things where she, his wife will join forces with him to come into our fold and let us work together with them as a couple, because that's our, our tight niche. So that, and that's what it. we found is as we're supporting the wife and kind of guiding the husband of a lot of times it's just, this is a good way to say something, or this is how you can listen well. This is what you can do when she shuts down. This is, you know. Um, speaking to the husband. Speaking to the husband. Right. But what we found then is we bring the husband right on board saying, you might have shit yourself. Yep. So we, you know, people say your marriage is 50-50 and we're, we're like, okay, it's more like 80-20, 20-80, 70-30, 10-90. Yep. And depending on where the wife is in her healing, what happened for us is for probably three years, I was 90% of the focus. He was 10, you know, he, he supported me 90%. Because she was working because on I herself. Was so, so all my memories came back. So it was repressed memories. Um, that came back. And so then, and then one day 
One day she goes, day. Tom, I think this isn't all on me. I bet you got some <laughs> shit you can look at. I was and like, it, you know what? I've done the work, man. I don't think this one's on me. I think there's something you could look at about yourself. And that's when I really started diving <laughs> into Tom. And it was awesome yeah. because I'm adopted. I found my adoptive family. There's a whole a whole story and podcasts to come or whatever of, of that whole crazy thing. But yeah. what's what's cool is I heard her. Yes. And I said, okay, I respect that. And I bet you're right. And then I'm working on me. So then the two of us are getting better together, right? And so that prepped me to be able to bring that to the husbands of the of the couples that come to us and say, yeah. understand that as much of the difficulty that you guys are sharing right now is because of what happened to your wife, you're going to find that there's stuff with you that we're going to be able to work on too. Yeah. And the better I can be for myself, the better I can be for Vicky and the better we can be as a couple for everyone else. Right. Yeah. And so that that's how we build the whole thing up is, is trying to bring responsibility to both parties right. so that they can be stronger as a couple. Got it. Okay. When you work with couples, is the work you do coming from your own experience or is there like some school of thought of working with couples where the wife has experienced past sexual abuse? A blend of both. Yeah. Okay. So it's our experience of what we found has worked in addition to training that I've received as a coach, training that I've received as an EFT clinical practitioner in my own betterment of what I know works, just talking with people and, and mindsets and beliefs and the power of our thoughts. So those all come into play. Okay. So you're using, you're leveraging your own experience. You know, what has created shifts for you. So you can speak to that when, when you're working with someone with, with a woman who has had past sexual abuse, do you bring in your, not necessarily your own experience of your own story necessarily, but like, well, ah, I recognize this thing that you're going through because I also went through this and this is how it felt. I don't mean the abuse specifically, but the shift, the change. Yeah. So you draw in your own experience. For me, that feels very safe. Because that is something in the healing process, I think, at least for me, when I was doing the deep work, there were times, you know, because I am someone who is hyper vigilant, having experienced childhood sexual abuse, right? That is, that's something oh, yeah. that, yep. right, oh, yes. that got turned yep. on, oh, yeah. hyper vigilance, yep. untrusting. Yes. So even to go through a healing process, when it was strictly like working with a practitioner, I didn't always trust that the person on the other side who was very well-schooled, very academic, I didn't know that they truly got what we were doing from a book, maybe from, you know, their credentials, maybe, but like experiencing this specimen in front of them. But when I, when I could be with somebody who would say, I get you because I am you, well, that then I felt okay. So I love that you do that. Yeah. Part, yeah. part of me likens it to, if I'm going to get my car worked on, I don't want a, a guy to come to me who's read the book on it. I want a guy who's going to come to me who's got grease on his hands, you know, yeah. and we've got the grease on our hands and we've, 
we've learned from it, we've embraced it in a way that allows us to use the garbage that she's been through and that we've been through to come out of, of, yeah. of the swamp that we consider ourselves yeah. in up to our necks in the beginning yeah. and tripping and, and getting bogged down. And now you're never really out of it. Right. Because it's yeah. a part of who, right. who we are, but right. we're ankle deep oh. and life is kick and ass sometimes right now. when the tide goes out, we're, our feet aren't even wet. Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. It's that easy. And what we tell our clients is the effects are cumulative. So it may feel like gosh, I'm doing all this work and we're talking the way you say we should do and we're laying the groundwork in our conversations and we're doing all this and it just feels like so hard. And we try to encourage them that the base that they're building, it's like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, that's so much easier. Yep. I mean, we would go through times when I we would not speak for days, yep. days, wouldn't speak for days. And he would have to draw things out of me. And, and then we would do stuff where it'd be like, okay, I need to talk to you, but I'm not in a good space right now. And that, you know, and now it's just like, hey, I'm noticing this. And it's just boom, 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 boom. You know, hardly, there's still resistance. It's not a perfect relationship, but we navigate it so smoothly. And oh my gosh, that's why we're so passionate because it's like, we, you can do this. You can have, because a lot of times, as soon as somebody's sexual abuse or they try a relationship here or there, and I've heard you say this on previous podcasts, sometimes you don't have good choices when you pick men. And when you do have a man, and this is what we're finding, they end up in this relationship that the man loves them. And they obviously love the man, the husband, when they first got married, because they got married, right? And then, and this is what did happen with me. I started thinking of him as the enemy. It's like, God, I just would rather be alone just it just would be easier to process alone and then it was like one day I tried to take myself out of it which is actually very easy because I dissociated you know in the memory so I took myself out of it and I was like let me look at this guy he's freaking the most unselfish person on the planet he's loving he's giving he's caring he's listens to me he's exactly my prince charming what is going on with me and it's like wait a minute he's not the enemy it's all the fucking abuse, how people reacted when I tried to share the abuse, all of that bullshit. And I was like, you know what? He's not the enemy. How can we work together? And, and that was the pivotal point that for changed me. changed everything. Yep. And it was like, okay, so we created this. This is the best tip I can give anybody who's listening. You, have, you lay the groundwork before you have your conversation. The best tip I will give for, and it can be in regular relationships, but this is for our special tribe. I'll be struggling because my abusers were in my, I, I had, I was abused from kind of when I was, well, from when I was like five, my conscious memories, five and a half to when I was, and I was by family members up through like 16. And then I was raped on a date at 18, like date rape drug. And so um, I have struggles with my whole family. And I actually blew the lid on the sexual abuse on one side of the family. I traced it back 80 years that I could document. And I thought this, this, we're done. It's not going past me. No more secrets, no more rug that everybody swept it under where the rug mm -hmm. is about as high as the ceiling. And so I was seeing a counselor at the time and a lot of prayer and figuring out if I should really do this. And I chose to, and I was blacklisted from my family. So even now, so that was like, what, 11 years ago, something like that, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now they're back to, oh, everything's great. You know, let's just pretend we have this great supportive family. 
but it's still a little bit of a struggle. So I will go to him and say, laying the groundwork, Tom, I know I may not be thinking logically about this. I understand that you may not get why I'm even considering this behavior, but if you could please listen to me, and then when I'm done, can we brainstorm possibilities mm. of how to handle it? Then I go into the conversation. Prior then, to that, she would start talking. I would not know where it's coming from. I would, because I'm a man and I'm a contractor, so double whammy, <laughs> I want to fix it yesterday. So I won't let her finish. Her, I wouldn't in the past, let her finish what she was saying before I would be trying to fix it. I would be finishing her sentences. The conversations would end up getting broken off. We'd be mad. We would talk for a couple of days. But knowing that we're going to get into a conversation that she wants to have, knowing ahead of time now, I know to shut up. I know to listen. I know to turn off the distractions. I know to trust and believe her. I know to not judge. And I know that when she's done, we'll have time to chat. And 99% of the time, she will say, hey, now I need your thoughts. Thank you for not interfering up to now. Give me your thoughts on this and this. And it changes the whole yeah. relationship. I love that. Yes. If anyone has listened before who's listening to this show, you may have heard me call that creating an agreement. Oh, there you okay. go. Okay. And what you guys are calling that is laying the groundwork. I love okay. that laying the groundwork. We could call that like contracting, which is relevant here. We could call that contracting, right? <laughs> so you're creating a contract between two people. I think that's a very important point in any conversation between two people, not only between people when it's on the level right. of trauma, right? right. Because it, it always comes down to communication. When we are talking with only expectations, we are never communicating. You may have heard, you, you guys, you two probably have, and I probably have said it on this show, that expectations are disappointments waiting to happen. Right. Right? Agreements require two parties to talk. Yep. Yep. So that's what you guys laying the groundwork are agreements, contracts. I love that. Really nice. What would happen in a marriage if people didn't work on facing a partner's trauma or dealing with dealing with it? Do you mean like the wife has had it and doesn't share it or she shared a little and doesn't share anymore? Does the husband know? What do you mean? Um, let's just imagine that the wife has past sexual trauma, the husband knows it, but that's the extent of what is acknowledged. One of the things we see is that she and Vicky was, was this, and we were, this is she put me in the backseat of the vehicle, so to speak. So she, and you can relate to this yeah. because of her trauma, she needs to be in control. She needs to know what's going on all the time trusts basically nobody and that's life right and so i got put in the back seat so that she could control what was going on but what ends up happening is she puts me in the back seat and then she's pissed off because i'm in the back seat yeah and i'm sitting back there going <laughs> what the hell is going on my life is walking on eggshells so then the communication is breaking down mm -hmm. and until such, if there is any if there is any yeah 
And so that's what happens that we found one, one way that it happens. And so one of the things that I share with the husbands who are working with us is when I bring that up and they go, uh, yeah, I'm back there right now. I'll say, here's something that we need to do because you're with your wife and you are working with us. Take a step to offer something from you that shows that you're proactive, proactive mm -hmm. in wanting to have you to work something out. Let her know that, hey, you know what? We were talking with Tom and Vicki and we didn't do this one exercise. I think it might be neat if we just do that. So mm -hmm. him not waiting for her to come forward and say, we're not doing anything or why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you being proactive? Why is it always me? Him just making that one little step forward and taking a step can start drawing him out of that back seat. So that's the, the before and after of that question, I think kind of. And sometimes, so there's a couple ways to say what can happen. It depends on their commitment and their, a lot of it is their belief system. Like we're not getting divorced. So what does happen is if they don't have that, they just get divorced because the wife ends up thinking, I don't need this bullshit. I right. don't need to talk to him. I'm done. Yep. I'm just going to leave. Which then if they, especially if they have children, then there's a different set of difficulties that arise from that. And those are the people that we hear from that says, I wish I would have talked to you mm -hmm. first. Then there's the people that stay married, but they're miserable Yeah, because the wife is usually edgy and she's usually really pissy to her husband, whether she knows it or not. But if you ask her husband or if you ask the kids, they'll say, yeah, every Saturday you rip dad's head off. You just treat him like shit every Saturday. And, and the wife doesn't even realize she's doing it. And so we try to be understanding because it's really hard. Yeah. It is really hard to have happen what happened to us yeah 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 it's it's horrible it's also and it's also really scary to deal with it's yeah. scary it's scary to yes. make the first step yes right. yeah. and so to know that we do understand we've had couples come to us that have gone to counselors that have said i've got more from you guys in one hour mm -hmm. than six months from someone who was book trained Right. That wasn't sexually abused because they really don't get it. And so, and having the marriage component by joining forces, I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've said to Tom, I just am so tired. I, I just feel like I can't, I can't take another step. We like, we liken it. We keep using the swamp analogy because it's like when you're sexually abused, you're thrown in this swamp and the only way out is out, like through the other side, you have to go through it. Yes. And so, but if you're journeying along with a guy that if we're arm in arm yep. and I'm tired and I go down, he can pull me up yep. and he can say, Vicki, you got this. You got this. I'm so proud of you. And, and it could be physical things. It could be, honey, you know what? I'm going to take care of the kitchen tonight. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do yeah. this because I see your beat. Just, yeah. just do yeah. what you yeah. need to do. Sleep in. I can't tell you how many times I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, we're high performers. You say that in your podcast. That's what drew me to you is you're high performing and nobody knows the shit that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's what happens, but he sees it. And who better to support me yep. <laughs> every second? And, and not that we don't struggle because we do, but you know what? I probably wouldn't even be alive, literally, right literally, now, yep. if it wasn't for him. And now I have these amazing relationships with my children mm -hmm. and my granddaughters. And, and your husband and, and the things we're husband, doing moving yeah. forward. I mean, everything and you so want to do. It is just, yep. it's so joyful. And to give these people who think, that because they were sexual abused, their relationships are doomed. 
Yeah. That's what we want to offer is the hope. That is bullshit because it doesn't have to be. That's we right. are living it, living it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep, you are. I am too. And even without finding you, thank God. <laughs> yeah. right? That's yeah. awesome. And we do, we do meet other couples that are like, oh, it is hard work, but we've made it through too. Yeah. And that's, that's who we've connected to too. And we're like, God bless you guys. Awesome. You know, I'm yeah. so glad yep. that you've done that because it necessarily isn't greener if you call it quits. Right. Right. For sure. To be sharing this journey with this awesome man is just so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. You know, Tom, I, your story about putting the husband in the back seat really, it just reminded me of actually doing that. All of a sudden I had this very vivid memory. So David, my husband, isn't the best traveler. I'll just say it. He gets, he's very, he gets motion sickness. I don't think I'm, I don't think he'd be upset if I said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he's not the greatest flyer. And I remember we, we took an international flight and it was like, Lots and lots of flying. And I remember thinking to myself, this is, this is a trip with his side of the family. And I'm just, I've decided like, right. Like I made this decision without telling anyone, I decided that I'm going to sit back and he's going to be the guy, right? Like I'm going along for the ride. But by the way, this was the first time because my husband has always gotten motion sickness. Oh, and by the way, because I control the world, I have always <laughs> controlled the world. <laughs> so this time I decided I'm, I'm going to be a passenger. I'm going to just, I'm going to look around. And, and what I realized I was doing was resenting him mm -hmm. all the times that I was taking control of everything because I had to take control of everything because that's a trauma response for you me. You bet. Yep. You bet. Yep. You bet. So I, when you said that, I was like, God, I was so angry. Yep. And that was my own shit that I was doing. And then when you do invite him in the front seat, when you, that, then you start having evidence that you can start to trust again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going back years ago yeah sure. before I, I wasn't even aware that i couldn't trust people like that wasn't even on that wasn't even in my orbit i just thought i have to control the world i didn't know that trust or not trust was a thing yeah yeah so okay let me ask you this what are you guys most excited about in your world right now i'm excited speaking for tom that I am 60 years old, that I feel like I'm 30, and that when people my age are thinking retirement and all that stuff, we are absolutely kicking off like a brand new life right now. Nice. And our dreams for what we want to have personally happen with our lives moving forward because of the success we're having, because of the crap we went through and learned, sharing and bringing hope to couples who've been through what we've been through. So the only reason that I believe our dreams that we're putting together are going to manifest is because we are going to be helping so many other couples do what we've been doing and moving out of the swamp and doing it faster and doing and it easier. so much faster and easier because we've done all the footwork. That's yeah. the thing they need to know yeah. is that 
life is getting better every day because of what we're able to bring to other people. So I, I, life for me is, is enjoying it because we're helping other people be able to enjoy it themselves. Nice. Very nice. Cool. That's, that's Tom. Go, Vicky. Go. Go, Vicky. Go. <laughs> so for me, what I'm most excited about is what we can offer couples in any kind of level of where they're at mm -hmm. and price point. We have free giveaways. We have medium price. You know, we have stuff where they can just work with us for one day, we okay. or one one hour. Um, okay. We have something that we're, they can, the husband and wife works four weeks, and then we have a six month program if they right. want to really dive in. And so I love that we have options. Yeah. yeah, really nice. That's really, I love that. Really beautiful, very generous of you and loving. That's really kind. Um, so all of the information to get in touch with Team Dow is on my website and you can link to it if you are listening from my website, there are links on the show page. And if you're listening on a pod platform, you can see on the show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, there are links there. So take a look and you'll see everything you need. So last question, what has been most helpful today being in the Trauma Hiders Club? I love how we resonated. Yeah. yeah, I, I, it, it just, this has been an absolute to gas. See your beautiful smiling face. I wish David could have been a part of it. Like we could have had a, we could have had a, like a double date or something, you know, <laughs> but it was awesome just to hear how yeah. you reinforce a lot of the stuff that, you know, we, we know, and you resonated and it just was beautiful to connect with you and yeah. see your beautiful smile. And here, it's here's a bummer that people can't see. Yeah, right. <laughs> here, here's for me because of the, the type of the abuse true family has a lot of failure in it. And a lot of we've had to disassociate from a lot of people. Mm. And we're recreating family in this process of moving forward. And today, for me, I feel like I got a sister, you know what I mean? So, so nice. that, that I love, I love the building of the tribe and the family and, and, yeah. and being able to do that with you today has been outstanding. Love it. Love your brother. Love you, Thanks. sister. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> Thank you for spending time with this dysfunctional family here in the Trauma Hiders Club. <laughs> From one dysfunctional family to another. Thank you so much for, for sp stopping by, for bringing all the beautiful work that you do. It's so been an nice. Honor. Honor. Absolute yeah. honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. For more episodes, head over to my website where you'll find links to resources mentioned and all the ways you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ready to fight, discover the rules of Trauma Club. Head over to KarenGoldfingerBaker.com.